Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but I'm only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students, and I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's a veteran actor with over 40 years in Hollywood. He's a lifetime member of the Actors Studio. He's achieved success in film, television, and theater. Some of his film credits are the Academy Award-winning Best Picture Green Book, The Loudest Voice, American History X, Against the Ropes, The Bronx Bull, Monsignor, The Death Collector, just to name a few. I want to welcome my friend, Joe Cortese, to the podcast. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, Billy. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. It's good to see you. It's been a minute. It's good to see you. It's been a minute, too, but, you know, we'll get through this pretty soon. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you, the other night I watched Green Book again, and your performance in that was amazing. Oh, thanks. And being part of a film like that, an Academy Award-winning film, you must, you know, I mean, I've seen you on the red carpet and, you know, holding the Oscar. It must feel good, you know, putting your dues to, to get one. You know, I mean, an Academy Award-winning film, you're part of that film, a great film. Yeah, no, it's, I, I must say it's exciting. And what's really exciting about it is that the guy who wrote it is a guy named Nick Vallelungo. A true story, his father was Tony Lip. I did a picture. I met Nick 30, almost 32 years ago. I was doing a play at the White Fire Theater with him. And my son was about to be born. And I had to leave the, the show, you know, to go to the hospital. And uh, 32 years later, we're on the red carpet holding an Oscar. So it was pretty wild, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I know Nick. You know, I know Nick from James Cotrochi. You know, I did a film. You know, I met them years ago. And uh, both both great guys. Yeah, terrific. Jimmy Quattrochi is a great guy, too. So, you know, I created the podcast to inspire young artists to follow their dreams. Like if a kid like from me from Brooklyn could come out to Hollywood at 18 with 200 bucks in his pocket and a one way ticket and make the dream a reality. You know, I mean, I've been blessed to be in the Academy Award winning film too. crash. If I can do that, then why can't the listener out there? Absolutely. If a guy you can come out from New Jersey, right? I came out from Patterson, New Jersey. I, I First, I went to school and I did a lot of plays. And then I went to New York, did a few plays. And then I did my first movie in 19. I mean, I came out here. I did, you know, I got my SAG card and everything. I went back to New York and I went on an audition for a movie called The Death Collector. And I walked in and I was doing the audition and the guy was who I was reading again was like sticking his finger on my chest and pushing me around. I grabbed him and I threw him against the wall. I said, you ever put your fucking hands on me like that again? I'll tear your heart out, send it to your heart, something like that. And all I heard was, excuse me, like, but why did you do that? That was not written. And I looked over at Joe <laughs> Pesci. 
I said, what would you do? He said, I would have did the same thing, but all these uh, New York gay Shakespearean actors, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> so that, that was, uh, it was our first picture. I was, it was my wow. first lead in the picture and he was a side, you know, yeah, I mean it's before he it's before he blew up. It's that's before Raging that's Bull. That's how right? we got the that's how we got the Raging Bull off that movie. So if you have, you know, look, a lot of people have dreams, but most people don't follow them through because they're in fear. You don't ever have to be afraid, man. Just follow your heart. And guess what? If you get knocked down, get back up. And if you get knocked down that's again, it. get back up again. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you know what? In this business, you will be knocked down and you will be rejected and you will be, you know, it's a roller coaster ride. It's up, down, all the way around. It's feast or famine. You know, it's one day you have three auditions and, and then you don't have, uh, you know, an audition in three months, you know, six months. I mean, that's just the nature of the business. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything from soup to nuts to being a waiter or a bartender, you know, having side jobs. But it, look, it's like anything else. If you want it, you got to go get it. You got to want it, though. I mean, if you're on the fence, well, then you got a problem. But there's, look, there's a lot of great young talent out there. I've seen it. And, uh, you know, it's when it's working for you, this is the most exciting business in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, Billy? No, everybody wants to be in a movie. So, again, I made a choice many years ago. And I said, I'm never going to quit. And I've been knocked down a lot, but I got up every single time. But you've had amazing, amazing career. I mean, the stuff that you've accomplished. I mean, I, I, I was looking back at some of your your films, you know, you're, you're a leading man and, and such, you know, I mean, Death Collect, I was watching that. I was watching that earlier today. I was just watching it on uh, YouTube. You know, and it's, you know, you're, you're the star of it. I mean, you're, you're the, you're the lead and the, you know, you've had such a, a an, an amazing body of work as an actor. And now it's just like, there's new stuff. I mean, you know, like the green book and, you know, the new roles. Now, now I'm doing a lot more character stuff, you know, uh, although I'm about to start a film in April in Jersey, which is the lead in a movie of a short film I made called Tonight and Every Night. And it's a true story about a Greek diner owner who thinks he's, who's got dementia and his dementia, he thinks he's Johnny Carson. <laughs> I mean, we made the short and then now we've developed it into a feature and it's really a beautiful movie. I, I'm really excited about this one. You know, it's, I, I did a lot of television in the eighties and nineties with guys like Billy Freak and I did three, two hour movies called the cat squad. I did, I did another one with Frank Lupo called Something Is Out Here. They were all top shows. And, you know, everybody said, well, what's the difference between working in a movie and working on television? No different. You act. You know, the formatting might be a little bit different, but that's about it. And I've really, you know, I've really been blessed to have, a, you know, a fairly interesting career and work with some great directors, you know. Tony Kay, who directed... Yeah. Uh, American History X, Abel Farrar, who I did Go Go Tales with. Yeah, Abel did Bad Lieutenant, one of my favorites. Bad Lieutenant, yeah, the first Bad Lieutenant with Harvey yeah. was great. Second one, not so. Good. <laughs> so <laughs> and uh, you know, so I've been blessed to be able to work with some really interesting people. The guys I just worked with, Vigo, one of the best guys I've ever met. Him and Pacino. 
for me, are two of the best guys I've ever met, you know, in the business, actors. I, I enjoy them very much. Vigo is a sweetheart. And I'll tell you a great story. It's a great Hollywood story. So in the Green Book, I have this hat, right? And the true story it was about Sinatra. This is a true story. Sinatra walked into Copa one, right? Checked his hat. Tony Lip stole the hat. Sinatra came out. He went crazy. He went around the corner to Jilly's. You know the rest of the story. My character, who's really, I mean, uh, Tony Lip goes and he gives the hat to Sinatra. Sinatra gives him a $100 bill. They become like this. They become friends. So when we shot the scene, from the moment I met Vigo, we just hit it off. And uh, so after we shot the scene, one night, and it was at the end of the week, it was about three o'clock in the morning, I had wrapped, they were still shooting. Vigo, I get a knock on my door, like seven o'clock, 6.30 in the morning. Mr. Cortez, you open up in emergency. I don't know what's going on. There's terrorists in the hotels. I open the door and there's Vigo, Nick Vallongo, and Pete Farley. And Vigo's got the hat in his hand. And he goes, Joey, what's right is right. You got to have the hat. And he hands me the, he hands me the hat. And I have it in my room, in a box. I mean, people have offered to buy That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great story, and it's a, really a class act on his part. You know, that's great to hear because, you know, there are, you know, being in this business, you know, some celebrities aren't so nice to work with. You know, I've worked with some really amazing actors and some actors that, you know, not so amazing. You know, they're, they're, they're egomaniacs. They're, you know, they're hard to work with. I mean, in your career, you said Pacino, you talked about Vigo. I mean, who are some of your favorite actors that you've worked with? Well, Vigo, of course, Pesci and I worked really well together. I mean, we had a great director, Ralph DeVito. I uh, I worked with an actor named Steve James. I like, I'm trying to think who, who uh, I worked, just worked with Russell Crowe, who everybody told me, watch out for this guy, he's rough. I had no problem at all. He was so complimentary to me. I played Roger Stone, he played Roger Ailes. I haven't had too many problems with actors that I worked with. I mean, I liked working with Defoe, Willem Defoe, who's good. I can't think of anybody I didn't. I liked working with, uh, I have some work that I did in the Meg Ryan movie called Against the Ropes. And it was just her and I five days in and off shooting a scene. And it should have only been three days, but we were laughing so much that it took us like an extra day. She was really terrific, you know? She was, she was really terrific. She, was, she knew how to feed off me, and I've had some uh, great actors to work with. You know? a favorite director? Who's your favorite director you've worked with? I would have to say uh, Ralph DeVito, Billy Friedkin, Abel. I like Pete Farley. I mean, all these guys were sensational, man. They just, you know... First of all, here's what's great about most of them. They'll listen to what you have to say. You know, Pete Farley will listen to the craft service guy if he comes up with the right idea. He'll listen to everything, and then whatever is good, he takes. So, and Abel was the same way. Abel was the same way. Uh, uh, Friedkin is, you know, I mean, he's a tough guy to work for, but he's so good. I mean, he's tough. You don't want to mess up with him. And I just worked with this, I've worked with a couple of female directors. I made a picture called 
Malevolence, where I played James Earl Ray. And I worked, it was the first time I worked with a female director. And she was great, Belle Avery. And the picture I'm doing now, I'm working with a girl named Christina Eliopoulos, who has made a couple of documentaries and she's won a couple of awards. And she was really great too. I mean, she directed me into one of the best performances I've ever given. Playing a, a, a man with dementia, which was her father, based on her father's life. A man who has dementia and at the same time goes into becoming this late night talk show host. And the way we develop that is we go into the guy's brain, right? So instead of him just acting it out, you see him be transform into a late night talk show host. And she was, you know, I, I can say this to her, I'll say it to anybody. I would have never got there without her. You know, there are certain directors, yeah, we call them hacks. And then there's people out there that really know how to work with actors. And if you know how to work with an actor, you can get more, as you, you know this, you can get more out of an actor that he doesn't even realize he has. A good director will get Billy Gallo to places that he can't imagine. Yeah. I love I love female directors. I mean, some of my, I've, I've worked with uh, a director, Elodie Keene, which I worked with on NYPD Blue. She pulled the performance. She was awesome. She listened to, you know, I had ideas and, you know, she let me play. You know, I love uh, directors that let you play. That that yeah. take that stuff and say, go ahead, pull it. Well, okay, we got that. Let's try it another way. Go ahead, do what you want. Yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, I think that's for me. That's the kind of actor I am. I love a director that listens and, and lets me play. You know, and yeah. You well, you give your freedom to play, and from that, you know, I, listen. I just came from doing an audition for a new series called Tulsa that is written by Terrence Winter and Terry Sheridan, two of the biggest writers in town, right? And it's a scene with Stallone, and I'm playing a guy with emphysema who smokes camels. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have the apparatus for the breathing, right? It's written into the scene. I, so of course I went and got one, put it in. And I made the choice of carrying the camel because he says, how you feeling? I say, 60 years of camels, non-filtered. That's how I'm feeling. How about yourself? And I made the choice to carry a cigarette. And the guy who was videoing me goes, uh, does it say you're supposed to have a cigarette? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I said, but I am. And it was just the choice I made. It, it was totally organic, totally. I didn't even think about it, you know? Which is, as you know, a great acting teacher. When you're working, don't think. Yeah. When you're acting, don't act. <laughs> when you're in your head, you're dead. <laughs> Again, I don't really like auditioning. I really wish that they could just say, Joe, we want you. And we're going to hire you. And here's what you're going to get. But I really, and I have to say, I really had fun today for myself. You know, Joe, you probably get that part. Because here's the, here's the fact is, is one... And I tell my actors this all the time. That's the most important thing is have fun. Okay. Because when you're having fun, the casting director is having fun watching you. If you're in your head and you're worried about your lines or hoping somebody likes you or you hope to get the part, then you shoot yourself in the foot. But if you can be in the moment and make some big choices like that, like go get the, the thing for the nose and, and the choice of the cigarette and all of that, 
that's that's the work right there. And they're going to see those choices. And talent lies within those choices. It's that beautiful stuff that nobody else is doing that you're doing. The fact that you had fun, your chances of getting that part went through the roof. I thought that I'm too young for the role the way it's written. And, and, and what my manager says to me, who was the head of casting at uh, New Line Cinema, she cast me in American History X. And now she's been my manager the last five years. She said, I don't care if they hire you. I want them to see you. If they see you, of course they might hire you. But even if they don't hire you, the next time a job, a great character comes along, you're going to go, what about Joe Cortez? Exactly. It's not about getting the part. It's about, it, it's about making fans. It's about having those casting directors love your work that bring you back in because you make them look good. Right. Okay, they want to look good. If they have an actor, they know that they're going to call and you're going to deliver and you're going to make some big choices, you're going to have some fun in there, then, you know, that's, that's a game changer for them because they, they know they can count on you. And then it's the time. You know, I, again, I had fun because at the end of the scene, I said, so I said, look, what do you think? We're not going to take care of you. Of course we're going to take care of you. So he goes, well, what am I going to get? And I go, Tulsa, we're going to, I mean, the guy that's done 25 years, now we're sending him to Tulsa to, uh, you know, live out his life. And I just organically started coughing at the end. <coughs> like I just, and, the guy, and the, the, the guy behind the camera filming it was just fucking cracked up. I said, what are you laughing at? I love that you coughed at the end of the scene. Again, not something I planned to do. I didn't think, okay. When this moment happens, I'm going to do this and that and this. And that's the great thing about acting. Just leave yourself open to whatever happens in the moment, in the millisecond. That's where the gold is. That's where the magic is, right? Sure. The stuff that you don't plan. Yeah, and, be, and, and trust your instincts. If, you, you know, if your instincts are telling you, I should be standing up, well, then stand up. You know, whatever your instincts are telling you, you have to trust that as an actor. Right. So I'd like to go back just to the beginning a little bit, Joe. When did you know that you wanted to be an actor? I mean, how does a guy from Jersey become a working actor in Hollywood and that's the success that you've had? I'll tell you what happened. Uh, and my brother reminded me of this. He said, you know, because I had forgotten what happened for me. The way I went away to school, I, was, I went to three high schools in two years. I was, you know, a malfunctioning wild man youth. We went to three high schools and never moved. Graduated from a high school called Eastside High School, Patterson, New Jersey. They made a movie about it called Lean On Me with uh, Morgan Freeman. You know, the guy with the baseball bat. True story. So I go away to the school in Iowa. It's the middle of the uh, Vietnam War, right? It's like 1967. And, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere, right? But I'm, it's all guys from New York and Philly and Jersey. And I walk into this acting class one day, and uh, the guy's name was Al Ruscio. He was an acting teacher. And he had been a professional Broadway, in, you know, L.A., New York actor, had four kids, had a real career. And he got to a certain age, and he wanted to change it up and have his kids grow up in a kind of different atmosphere. So he moved to Iowa. And I took the acting class because it was like an introduction to the theater and I got an A. So being the street hustler, a young kid I was at the time, I go, I want to stick with this program. 
uh, this is how I'll get through college. <laughs> and then he uh, was going to direct Of Mice and Men, and he had me audition, and he gave me the part, and he played the part of George. So I played Lenny, and he played George, and it was the first play I did. I was 19. But my brother reminded me of something that I completely forgot about, was that when we would watch television after school, we would watch, I don't know, Long Ranger and Tonto. I was the Long Ranger. He was Tonto. And, and I used to, he said, I used to point to the TV and he said, George, you see that? Georgie, that's what I'm going to do. I said, did I say that? He goes, absolutely. I said, more than once? He said, how about every week? <laughs> so, I, so I guess, uh, and I was kind of a, I, mean, I was kind of a natural for it. You know, I, I, I loved characters. I used to hang out on the street corners in South Patterson, you know. My family were all, at all great senses of humor. I came from a large family with a lot of characters. I mean, a lot. I had 35 cousins, first cousins on my mother's side. So it was, uh, you know, I grew up in a colorful neighborhood. It was a little rough. It was a lot rough. And uh, when I graduated, I didn't know what I was going to do. I went to New York and I was hanging out and uh, I was auditioning for plays. Then some guy came up to me in a nightclub and said, uh, hey, uh, how'd you like to be a model? I said, I'm an actor, buddy. He said, I'll pay you $150 a day, but I want you to wear the clothes you're wearing right now. I said, where and when? He said, meet me at Maxwell Plums tomorrow, 10 o'clock. I go, and I'm in, I'm in the background. The, the photographer says, who's that guy? Bring him up here. This guy, Ed Emerling, hires me. As the, I go up there to Esquire, and there's all these guys from FIT with sketch pads and I just brought I just brought all my clothes in the bag that I had designed. That's how I got the job, and I did it for a year. And then I started going. I had the bug, man. I had the bug. Like I, I had a, it was a great job, and I would hang out with Picasso on 59th Street, Central Park South. I would, I would do stories on Ralph Lauren. I mean, all these young, you know, before he was who he was. Then I started. You know, I knew I had the bug. Once you have the bug, you know what it is. When you get the active bug, it's an addiction. It's something. All my life when you're growing up, people say, well, what do you want to do when you grow up, Joey? Uh, I want to be a doctor, an Indian chief, a lawyer, a dentist. I didn't know what I wanted to do. But when I finally found out what I wanted to do, I grabbed onto it and I never, ever, ever let go. And I'm still holding on to it, Billy. You never, you never quit. You never let go. I mean, that's the dream. That's your passion. That's what's in you. It's a gift. It's a talent. It's a God-given gift. Not everybody gets it. You got it. And it's your obligation to take that gift and shine that light and make a difference. And, and pass the message on. Yeah. You know, if you're out there and you're wondering what to do, but you're not sure and you, you feel like you... No matter what it is, it doesn't have to be an actor or director or a writer. You know, being a writer, I mean, how do, people, how do you start writing TV shows, right? You do it one page at a time. So if you have the desire and you feel like you have the creative energy to be able to do that, don't let it go, man. Don't let it go. Don't, don't let your dreams go. I can tell you, we know so many of the same people who, you know, just came out with nothing and they've all had kind of careers, right? 
you know, at least a half a dozen guys. I mean, that's what this podcast is about. I mean, half of those guys have been, you know, on, on this podcast, you know, the David Provals and the, you know, the actors that, you know, they've had amazing, beautiful careers. They made the dream a reality. You made the dream a reality. I made, you the, made dream the dream a reality. reality. Exactly. So, you know, check, check. The beauty is, is, is now you have a wealth of knowledge. And that wealth of knowledge, all that gold is what I'm, I want to extract for that listener out there. So what advice would you give besides not giving up? But if for a young actor wanting to, to get into this business, you know, what, what would your advice be? My advice would be to work as hard as you can work at what you do, to love what you do and to really study, you know, take it seriously. Don't think it's something that you go to the gym Take a few acting classes and step in front of the camera. Do the work. Enjoy the work. And if you really, really love something, you'll know it and you'll not give it up. I think a lot of these young actors today, maybe they don't do enough stage work. I think it's great. You know, in the beginning, it's really hard to get a job. I mean, you go up for three lines or five lines on a Kojacker was my first job. You know, that's how I got my SAG card. But I had done 12 or 15 plays before that. So when I went up and I, I was doing five, un, an under five on Kojak, right? You know, it, I was scary, but exciting. It was exhilarating. And it was like, when I did the, a Kojak, everybody in my family thought it was the end of the world. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a big show. I mean, I was on it for a blink. And then I just, you know what? I just learned the craft find somebody you got to get into a workshop you got to really learn your craft you have to learn the what the tools are you have to have your tools you got to learn your profession so i i would recommend you study if you can do some live theater and there you go you know yeah give it a shot that's great advice you know i don't know if you know this but you know al russio your acting teacher he played my father on my TV series. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, on a, on a two-part episode of a series that I did that that he passed away in the episode and not the character passed away. Yeah. But he was so awesome as my father and we had such amazing scenes together that those I was in contention nominated for Best Supporting Act uh, in a Comedy Series for that two-part episode with him playing my father. Because me and him, we went at it, and you know he was this alcoholic father, abusive, and oh, he was a passionate guy. He was such a great actor, and 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 he wrote a book too. What's the book he he, he wrote? Yeah, I have it right over here. Uh, uh, it's called. Let me get it. It's right behind me. Yeah, it's a great great acting book. I'll put it in the show notes for actors to to look at it. And there so far. And there so forth. So therefore. A Practical Guide for Actors by Al Ruscio. Awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna he was my mentor. This guy, this guy, I mean, I was on a one-way ticket to Palookasville. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And this guy, this guy changed my life. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's what a coach does. That's what a good mentor does. I mean, that's why I do what I do, you know, because I wish there was somebody like me when I came out to Hollywood that could have pointed me in the right direction and said, Hey kid, this is what you got to do. 
this is your, this is, you know, the do's and the don'ts. I've done it a few times. I, I mean, I've helped a couple of young guys and, you know, told them what to do. And I've worked on scenes with them. I've, like yourself, I've taught a little bit, not nearly as much as you have. But yeah, it's, look, it's all about giving back. That's what life's about, man. You can't just take. That's empty. For what we do, you know, yeah, people, you know, and they, and these young guys, the young kids, they really appreciate it. I've worked with a couple of young actresses that, you know, have had auditions and have thanked me profusely because, you know, I showed them what it was like to work. You have to learn how to work. You know, you know, it's, it's great instinct. But you have to learn the ropes, you know, so you always need somebody uh, who's been there before who's sort of a mentor. And uh, I like I like doing that. The secret to living is giving, of being of service, to adding value in somebody else's life, to be in contribution. That's what I found for me. That's what life's all about. It's yeah, it's how can no I question about it. How can I make a difference in somebody else's life? You know, and, and, and being an actor is just a beautiful profession because you get to touch people's lives. You know, when they go into that dark little theater for those, that two hours, it's magic time. Yeah. You know, they can forget about their problems. They can laugh. They can cry. They, you can make them feel. I mean, and that's your job as an artist is to make them feel. Yeah, make people laugh, make them feel, make them think. You know, this guy, you really touched a chord with me, Billy. This guy changed my life. He really did. I did about four or five plays there. Love that. One or two with him, you know, Waiting for the Dough, Of Mice and Men. He directed me in uh, Waiting for Godot. I played Bozo. But I didn't know. I mean, what? A, before I went away to school, there, I, didn't, I never read a play. Most of the time I was caught in class. And it completely changed my, my whole perception of life. He gave me something. He gave me something to really live for, you know. Absolutely. I mean, that's my that's my story. Listen, I was I ran away from home when I was fifteen. I was running the streets of Brooklyn, running in the wrong circles, you know, looking up to wise guys on the street. So my yeah. idol gets shot in the head in front of me, you know. The, watching him, you know, laying on the ground there, I was like, you know what? I got to get out. I got to get out of Brooklyn. And I found a, a theater group in New York City called the New Family Theater. And that's exactly what I found. It was a new family in the theater. And I was, I'd run the soundboard, the lights, the whatever, just to be part of, you know, the theater. And I found a whole new world out of Brooklyn. And that, that saved my life because I was going down the wrong path. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I have a lot of gratitude towards Al Russo. I used to call him, I used to call him the boss. You know what I love what you said is what your brother said, you know, reminded you of. You said, I'm going to do that. Okay? Right. And I tell my actors every year, especially, you know, in the new year when you're doing setting some goals for 2020, you know, the power behind the vision visioning it he's saying it you know i i think i told you the story of me I, I used to sit one night i got in trouble and i i had to go i had run away from home and then i had to be, i was brought back in my mother's custody and i'd sit on the couch and i watched this tv series called the fall guy with lee majors about hollywood and stuntmen and i'd sit there and i said i'm gonna do that and when i came out to hollywood and i found an agent my first audition what was it for 
the full, the full guy. And I got Bud Part, I got Taff Hartley, I got my SAG card, and it's literally like I climbed into my television set. And I truly believe that if you say it, you believe it, you can achieve it. If you go after it with a vengeance, that you say you gotta you gotta be relentless in the pursuit of this thing. This is not something you go and give fifty percent. If you're gonna give fifty percent, you stay home. You're wasting your time. This is something. No, it's one hundred and fifty percent. You gotta want it. You gotta want and, it. And there's that X factor. Okay, it's, it's something that can't be taught, can't be bought. It's it's that hunger that I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this. You know, like you know, you want to take the island, burn the boat. There is no fucking boat back. I'm gonna go get this. I'm going to, I'm going to get nose. I'm going to get a shitload of nose. Nose are good. Nose mean you're in the game. You're in the arena. Every no brings you closer to a yes. You want to get some nose. It's that very next call that you could change your life. You know what it's like when you, you get the call, boom, you get the audition, bam, you land the show and all of a sudden everything changes. You know how many people I know they quit on the, they're on the one yard line because they didn't know they were about to score that touchdown. The very next one could have been the one. But they decided, you know, they gave up. I mean, I've seen them come and go. I've been in this business, you know, I came out here in 1984. <laughs> so, you know, I've seen them come off the boat. I've seen the, the you know, I've, I remember Ray Liotta when he first came into town. I remember Johnny Depp, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. You know, he used to come in my shitty little apartment. You know, but those guys had that thing, that X factor, the hunger. I'm going to go get that. And you got to have that. you got to have that drive, that want. I'm going to go make this, this dream a reality. No question. We love what we do, and that's great. You know, there's people who make a lot of money, but they're miserable because they don't like what they're doing. So I don't know what's more important. I'm happy at what I do. And like I say, I've been up and I've been down. I've been in the middle. But I'm, I've been doing it long enough. I know how to roll. Beautiful. I can't wait to see what's next. I can't wait to see this film that you're doing. I mean, you're producing it, right? Is this, this year? Now you're producing, you're making your own project? Yeah, no, I'm producing it with my manager, Valerie McCaffrey. Love that. And, uh, you know, we just have offers out now. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you never saw the short that I ever sent you the short? I know, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. I'll send it to you once, once we get off here because I got to get going anyway. But I want to, I want to, uh, I would love for you to take a look at it. I would love to see it. Joe, so one last question. If you can go back, right, to, and give the younger you some advice about acting about life about whatever what would that advice be listen to somebody who's been there before listen to people with experience there's nothing that will ever be the experience but you have to find a role model and then take it from there and you'll go from being finding a role model to becoming the role model and that's the best advice I can give you. You know, love what you do and do what you love. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's as simple as that. Success leaves clues. Okay. If you want to find somebody who's had that success and there's, you know, there's breadcrumbs, follow the breadcrumbs, you know, yeah. <laughs> follow the breadcrumbs, man. That's advice. Follow the breadcrumbs, follow Brad Pitt's path. Follow Bob that rock. Well, maybe not Robert Downey's bad, but you know, he, he finally saw the breadcrumbs, but yeah, that's a good one. Follow the breadcrumbs. Awesome. Joe, Joe, I, I can't thank you enough for, for taking this time out. I know you're a busy man, but, and it was last minute I asked you to jump on with me and you did. So 
really from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. And I look forward to, uh, you know, breaking some bread, seeing you soon. Absolutely. It was my pleasure, Billy. I love you, man. Love you too. And I respect what you do. And I respect what you do. And I can't wait to see what's next for you, Joe, because I know it's a journey. It's not a destination. You're on the journey. You're a success. You've done it. You made it. You made the dream a reality. So amen to you, brother. Amen. God bless. All right. God bless. Take care. Take care, brother. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.